Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. Here we go. Last weekend of spring. Yep. Wow. Days are going to get shorter. You don't like that, do you? No, days are, yeah, so the days continue to get longer until Wednesday. Yeah. I kind of miss you being on Facebook, posting all that stuff, you know? You used, used to tell us how long the days were every yeah. single day. We knew. That's, uh, that's our friend person. Mike Carchetto does it now. Our <laughs> that, friend Mike Carchetto do it? does it, yeah. <laughs> Not as often as you did. He doesn't do it first thing every morning, but he, he does it from time to time. He must have a life. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of having a life, good to have you back. We missed you last week. Not really. Well, <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, you guys, I listened to the show. You didn't throw too many jabs my way, which was nice, but no, you know. Dora's always great. No, Dora's it was nice. fantastic. He, she is fantastic. It was nice. Uh, it was nice having a break. And I uh, actually, Dora, after the show, sent me a message saying, I'd love to do it once a month if I could. And I said, no problem. <laughs> I'll take a Saturday off for sure. Oh, don't worry. Steve and I were all for it too. Don't oh worry. yeah. I'm sure. Actually, it was our suggestion. Yeah, it was our suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> we're starting it once a month. Eventually it'll be four times a month. <laughs> so being well, worried, hey, guess what? Guess what then? That's one time I don't have to buy breakfast. Well, see, see, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. He yeah. only mentions it because I've decided I'm never going to mention it when I buy it. So if you ever hear about breakfast, it's Paul bought. So it, it won't be often. Don't worry about it. All right, let's get into it. Yep, there we go. There's no retort to that. No, there's no nah. retort because it's true. He, nah. You sound like Frank and Vegas. You got fine. nothing to say? No, I just, <laughs> no, no, I just had to call my financial advisor again this morning and tell him I'm buying another breakfast. What yeah. do I? How do I? How do I save more money? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are you going to do with the time and money you save? <laughs> I know what I did. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. All right, so we missed you last week, which means uh, you missed talking about the May numbers. Yep, and. Um, did Dora not talk about him? Yeah, she did, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just wondering now, with the rate hike that you also missed, what's happened in this past week? Has it slowed people down a little bit? Uh, I'm going to say it hasn't slowed down our listings, I'll tell you that. I mean, we're, we're, our listings are piling up. You know, we're now into 70, 80 listings on the market right now. So we're the listings are starting to pile up. I wouldn't say it, it deflated the market. I would say it kind of flattened the market maybe a little bit. Um, you know, we're, we 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 went from seeing, you know, multiple offers on let's say 50% of our properties to maybe like 20% of our properties now. I, I think we've become accustomed to the rate environment right now. I think it's just in people's heads now. Like if they it's raise attitude, it, right? it's attitude. I mean, if they raise it again, which I know Frank believes they will, if they do raise it again, it once again, it's like, is a quarter point that much? Mm, yeah. If you have a big mortgage, I mean, I've seen my commercial mortgage go up, up about $3,500 a month just, just from these rate hikes. So it is preventing some people from buying, and that's that's the the honest truth. Our first time homebuyer product is getting hurt right now because a lot of first time homebuyers aren't in the market. It's helping our rental market though because there's still tons of renter, rentals on the market, but there's way more renters in the market now. So we are seeing a little bit more of a flat market. And you know what? I'd love to have more of a sample size. I'd like to give it another because what next rate announcement is what uh, July July twelfth July twelfth yeah. So you know we have uh, what do we have almost four weeks. To, to stomach where we are right now. And I just think it's what's really hurting is, is a very important segment of our market, which is almost a third of our market is our first time home buyers. It's yeah. really, really hurting our first time home buyers. It's hurting our first time home buyer product too. You're seeing a lot more townhouses on the market, a lot more condos, a lot more terrace homes. It's really hurting that segment of the market. And it's, you know, if you own a townhome, if you own a condo and you're looking to move up to your next home, 
you can't because no one's buying your property. So it's the, that's the, the the most damaged segment of the market right now is the first time home buyer market. Well, yeah, I mean, the, first time homeowners weren't there, then investors would be there to scoop up that inventory because that's your typical investment property where you can rent it out and and cash flow. But with the interest rates, rates right? yeah. where they are today, they don't even cash flow. So that's why you've eliminated not only the first time home buyer, but you've eliminated potential investors who are looking for investment properties. But once they do the math on it. The cash flow is negative seven, eight, nine hundred dollars, and then it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we're, we we have a, a decent size investor business, and we have a, like a lot of investors that buy properties off us, and that is really quiet right now because they know, like Frank said. I mean, you know, I've always said if your investment is not cash flow positive, it's not an investment. Then the rates started to go up, prices started to go up, and I'm like, you know what? If you can be underwater a tiny bit, but you know, the it's going up in value quick enough that you can build that equ- equity, then it's still a good investment. But when you're Behind six, seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a month on your cash flow for an investment, there's other investments you can invest in that that you know it could get you a better return. Now, saying that, you know, back in the day when you were uh, you know investing in let's say somewhere like a, a Vanier or something like that, you had a lot more cash flow. You, your investment didn't go up as quick, but you had a lot of cash flow. Then you looked at somewhere like you know New Ed or the Golden Triangle downtown, and it was hard to be cash flow, but the value of that home went up very quick. That's what we're seeing now. Investors that are getting in right now are not doing it for cash flow. They're doing it for equity accumulation. And they're investors that have been in the market, right? They're taking yeah. advantage of what they've already made. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm carrying a bunch of townhomes right now that I own next to nothing on them. My rates are next to nothing on them. So I'm, I'm definitely cash flow positive. But if you're buying one right now, paying today's rates and the prices the way they are today, very, very hard to be cash flow positive. Yeah, very I'm guessing hard. investors will take a pause. Even though they've got these properties paid where they ordinarily would roll them into a new property, they're probably taking a bit of a pause now. They're going to take a pause and they are taking a pause. Something that potentially is cash flow positive, but you need a lot of cash to buy it, is doors under one roof. So if you're looking at a, a duplex, a triplex, a fourplex, usually those are cash flow positive, but depending on where you buy, hard to find you, you need a million bucks plus to get one of these these properties. So if you don't have the bread to get in the game to, to hopefully be cash flow positive, you're out of that game too. So what's your other option? A townhome, a terrace yeah. home, which are not cash flow positive. So we're seeing a lot of investors saying, you know what, hold off for now. And what do you need as a down payment on something like that? 20% minimum on a, you know, and there's people that call us and say, wow, why don't we just pretend like we're going to live in it? It's like it's going to be hard for a lender to believe that you're going to move out of your nine hundred thousand dollar four bedroom home to move into a townhouse with four kids and three bedrooms. So, you know, it's got to be realistic, and you've got to sign easier an affidavit. to stomach these days, though. He's like, yeah, I can sure see is. that happening. Yeah, sure is right. So, um, again, lying doesn't work in our industry. Um, you know, it just it, it's hard because lenders and default insurers put two and two together. And they uh, and I've seen the clients where it's like, nope, we don't believe you, and and we're not moving forward with this file. So, uh, got to be careful. Again, I think what what this has done is it's eliminated the amateur investor. So when interest rates were really low, there were a lot of amateur investors out there that really didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they're getting themselves into. They didn't know the landlord tenancy act. They didn't know how they could get you could backfire on them if they brought the wrong tenant in. They were just focused on owning real estate and, you know, maybe cash flowing it close to neutral because the interest rates were so low. So, uh, and well, what happens to these investment properties in two years when their mortgages come up? Well, never mind the investment properties. We're talking about the real estate market in general across our country. Interest rates are high now. 
I, you know, I think there's another quarter percent increase based on all the data that I've seen. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the increase back in, in uh, two weeks ago. U.S. did not increase their prime rate. They paused, week. but. They paused, but they said there's increases on the way. But their figured- inflation number came down nicely yeah. this month. So we'll see. Before Canada makes their next announcement, there's a jobs report. There's uh, obviously the inflation report that's coming out in a week and a half. And then there's an economic report that's coming out. And those three will will tell us whether Bank of Canada is is going to go back on the pause side or is going to or it's going to signal one more increase but there's probably one more increase left at most and that's it so we it's really delayed what's happening to the market eh? like last year i was saying as the rates were coming up I was saying oh by the time we you're, we're in summer if not third or fourth quarter in 2023 our numbers will be back to normal well here we are summer 2023, and our numbers are going up again. Well, right? we also thought we'd be in a recession right now, too. Yes. Yeah, we did. We're at the beginning of one. We are. There's no question. Yeah, we're but we've been at the beginning of a recession for four months now. No question. It's been it's it's been a delayed reaction to it. Uh, I'll tell you that I think, again, some of the people that I talk to that are restaurant owners and business owners, they've started to see the dip. So it's, it's, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Uh, and at some point, we're just going to fall off the cliff. I truly believe that. It's just... It is so hard. Listen, I, I don't understand how I'm trying to put two and two together. You know, I understand why food prices were so high for a while, but I don't understand why they're still elevated because diesel's down to dollar fifty a liter, and that's the main that's what they that's what they said was driving the cost of the food up. Well, now that's gone, and yet still the food prices haven't come down. But the so, food prices were way out of whack. They still are, and still are. Yeah, try to go to a restaurant these days, like. Walking out of a restaurant, if you have, let's say, a drink or two drinks and, and a meal, depending on which restaurant, but it, it could be three, four hundred dollars. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, I was actually talking to a buddy. McDonald's yesterday. serves drinks now. <laughs> McDonald's, you you can't go to McDonald's for less than twenty. Oh, bucks. McDonald's is expensive. Like, man. It used to be oh, yeah. three bucks, four bucks. You can't go to McDonald's. I took my wife big spender am for anniversary to McDonald's. So McDonald's good for you, Frank. <laughs> no, they're sentimental Saint Hubert. We like Saint Hubert chicken. So we'll drive by five Swiss chalets to go to St. Hubert. That's where we had our first date, and that's where we went for dinner this week for our anniversary. It's 70 first bucks. First date, he took her out for chicken. Yeah, nice 70 one. bucks for two of us to have chicken. No no alcoholic beverages, just chicken. How much was your first date? Uh, probably eight bucks, nine bucks. That's how much. Yeah, that 40, was back in the 30s. 42 years ago. It was it's 42 years 30s. ago. Did you go Dutch? So. Uh, <laughs> uh, never, never. But it is. But I, I was I was talking but to a, I was it's... talking to a buddy the other day who has a really good job, decent salary. He's he's into the twos, two hundred in, in, as a salary. And he's with the way his mortgage has gone up. He bought just as the rates were going up. He took a variable. He says my mortgage is an extra four or five hundred dollars a month. He goes, I'm living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. and that's on a guy making a couple hundred thousand dollars. But a there's year. lots of two income families that are experiencing the same thing. And listen, they're not lavish, and I say it because I want like they, you know, they tell me what they do, they show me what they do, and it's like you're not living lavishly, you're living normally. But here they are struggling. They if if one of them ever got laid off, they'd be in in deep trouble. And unfortunately, we're starting to see layoffs. I mean, we saw it here at Bell, yeah. but we're seeing it in so many major corporations. And the ones that are laying off, by the way, are the most profitable ones. But anyway, that's another story. But the ones that are really doing well on the profit side are the ones that are laying off, and that's discouraging. So well, now if off. we go into a recession and, and businesses begin to lay off more people and you lose that double income and mortgages come due, this is like the perfect storm in a couple of years. Perfect storm is going to yeah. hit anyway. In 2025 and 2026, 
when, again, people were buying at these elevated prices because the market was going crazy. They were getting 1.89, 2.19% mortgages. If interest rates are where they are today at 5%, you're going to see for sale signs everywhere because they cannot qualify or even afford to live in that house. They're struggling now. And it's not the mortgage. And people say, wow, they shouldn't have bought that big. It's not the mortgage that's hurting them. It's everything else that's yeah. gone up so significantly that's hurting them. Not the mortgage payment itself. They were okay with the mortgage payment. They accepted the mortgage payment. They qualified for the mortgage payment because they were qualifying at five and a quarter percent. So they qualified for the mortgage payment. What's hurting everyone today is all the outside noise. You know, it's, I would be I would be fine if I didn't have to buy breakfast every morning. Oh, stop you it! Oh, jeez! You're going to have to start buying smaller coffees. Yeah, seriously, yeah. no more larges. We're going to smalls. So there from, you go. I okay. got Well, I mean, okay. if you can save and go to Saint Hubert, I can save them <laughs> and go from a large to a small. All right, for sure. eight times a year, you can buy me a small coffee. I'll still buy you a large. A large. What's it called? Girl tea? No, what do you have? It's a green tea. Green tea. That's yes. it. Yeah. <laughs> five two one dog five two one eight two five five. The happy threesome will be right back. <laughs> We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. We're back. Mr. Rushworth, yep. Mr. Napolitano. Uh, what's going on with rates here, Frank? You can't get a you can't get a, a mortgage for anything less than 5.9 now? Well, so again, I mean, uh, you know, if you're looking at high ratio, uh, which is less than 20% down on a purchase <laughs> and less than a million dollars or 35% or more down payment, uh, with a 25-year amortization, we've still got a couple of lenders at the 4.94, 4.99, so we're close. But if you're looking at your traditional mortgage, and it sounds crazy. Listen, I every time I, I say it, it's like, oh, my God, it sounds so crazy. But if you're buying with 20% down, which means you've got more skin in the game, and yeah. technically the bank should have less risk, your rate is about a half a percent higher because – there's no default insurance involved, and therefore the bank feels they're more at risk without the default insurance than they – if default insurance was there, which is when you buy with 20% down or less than 20% down, then the customer pays for the default insurance. What's interesting is that there's non-bank lenders, which, by the way, behind the scenes – you know, I had a client. We got an approval. We got a great rate for her, and she calls back, and she goes, I'm just going to stick with my bank even though it's a quarter percent more. And because her bank told her that this lender wasn't very good. This lender's been around for 22 years, nothing but positive reviews. But again, she listened to her bank and paid a quarter percent more. Congratulations. Good for you. You just threw money at the bank. But, you know, these these non-bank lenders are actually funded by the big banks. Most most of the funds they get are from the big banks. Their, their penalty policies are better. But they offer what's called an insurable mortgage, which is if you have 35% down or more, they actually get the default insurance, but they pay for it. They don't let the customer pay for it. They pay for it, and in return, you get a better rate. So it makes a whole lot more sense to go through a non-bank lender who usually have better prepayment privileges and better penalty policies should you have to break it early, which we see way too much of these yeah. days. And and we're going to see more. The ones that are disheartening to me right now are the ones that are going through a separation or a job loss, and they've got a 1.89% mortgage. We've had a couple of them in the last three or four months where individually they can't qualify on their own. So now they have to sell their property and they're giving up a 1.89. And if they're buying a new property, now they could port it, but unfortunately they don't qualify because now they've separated. So um, so what are you qualifying at today? 
depends on like if you want a variable you're over six and a half percent so what do you qualify so if you want a variable again through with a high ratio or less than 65 percent you can still get prime minus 90 so almost prime minus one percent so you know it's 695 so you're 605 and then you add two points on top of that so you're at 805 you're qualifying at 8.05 percent if you're applying for a line of credit today a home equity line of credit 695 plus most banks are prime plus a half, so you're at 745. You're having to qualify 9.45%. Wow. That's insane. Insanity. Yeah. Nobody, insanity nobody is going to be fixing up their homes on lines of credit. Right no, now. no well, one's taking on It's wrong time to do it anyway. Like, you know, I had, <laughs> had a client call me yesterday who happens to be a real estate agent, and she's just, again, she's just going through a scenario in her head where, you know, she bought the family home. Um, and she's renovated it and she's got some equity in that home. And now she's thinking, you know, maybe my husband and I, because she's got other family members still living in the house, maybe my, my husband and I will buy ourselves our own townhouse and, you know, the family can stay there. And I did the math for her and I said, you're crazy. As a friend, I'm telling you, you're crazy to go forward with this right now. Your total payments on all your, the mortgages for both properties, the property taxes, the insurance, 10000 bucks a month. You're crazy. Don't do it. It's just not, there are times to do it. And I think Paul will agree. As much as you're a real estate agent, you still have to do what's best for the client. And sometimes it's not the best time. Like for investment properties, it honestly, it's not the best time to buy investment properties today because they don't cash flow. And there's no guarantee that the property values, listen, we're heading into a recession. Generally speaking, Canada does well with the home prices during recessions. But there's no guarantee. Just like generally, Bank of Canada doesn't raise 10 times in a 15-month cycle and raises prime by 4.5 percentage points. Generally speaking, that doesn't happen, but it's happened. So, you know, I think you have to give customers the right advice as to, you know, look at them and say, don't put yourself, in this case, like she's done so well building equity in this property. Don't throw it all away just like that. It's okay to be patient and maybe wait six months a year and wait for these interest rates to normalize again. And then look at doing it. Yeah, the only problem is we've been saying the interest rates are going to normalize for the last six, seven, eight months, right? I know. Like we, I know. I mean, we, we actually said it after rate hike two, three, four. We're like, oh, like you can't go up again. It's going to come down now. And it but, did. That's why I'm saying, yeah. like, like we just don't know. As much as we can follow some of the trends that have happened historically, we're in a new trend right now that we've never seen historically. Well, they also so, went up a year earlier than we thought. Well, a year earlier. And when, the, in essence, he saw the inflation numbers going where they were, he should have started six months prior because then the increases wouldn't have been as significant. Instead, he waited that extra six months, which drove the inflation. And let's call a spade a spade. Our government's not doing us any favors either because they don't stop spending. They continue to start to, to spend, which is creating uh, inflation they're, numbers even higher. They're damaging Canadians right now, yet they still spend. They're and spending, take no responsibility spending, for know, it. And they say, oh, it's inflation. Inflation is what's causing this. No, it's your spending is what's causing this. And it's it's frustrating because I'm seeing so many Canadians that just are struggling struggling so bad and it's what do we do we just keep raising the interest rates well and, and we got to start building more homes well there were starts were down 70 <clears throat> percent in may yeah they're they're working on that they're just working on it too slow you know they well, we got 40 million canadians yeah. now and more uh, coming in every wow, year we got to do something a couple hundred million coming you know <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know but it's it's you're right you're right to get a shovel in the ground i have builders friends who are builders and to get a shovel in the ground, the red tape that they go through, sometimes it's like, you know, they want, they asked me one time, they're like, where's this property located? Is it considered city of Ottawa or outside city of Ottawa? Outside city of Ottawa. Perfect. So much easier to get a shovel in the ground. You're in the city of Ottawa. 
get a shovel in the ground is so hard, even for the big major builders like the Mintos and the Matamies. But what are that. these loan rates doing to builders? That's got to be slowing them down too. Well, it costs them so much money now. Builders? How about car dealers? You go yeah. into a car dealer right now? I went into a car dealer the other day and the, the, the I said, oh, we're looking for this car. She said, yep, no problem. And you're probably looking at November. And I look at the lot and there's no cars on the lot. And I just said, how are you feeding your family? Like you can't sell anything, you know? And a, and a good buddy of mine, who's he's a sales manager at a major, a major dealership. Same thing. He was like, he was like, I'm selling big trucks. I got one, yeah. one. It's just, I don't know how they're surviving, you know, it, mainly because of interest rates. I mean. But with interest rates where they are, if builders aren't going to build because it's too expensive, we're in a catch 22. We need more homes. Yeah. They can't afford to build more homes. <laughs> Keep in mind though, there's a lot of builders in Ottawa with deep pockets, right? With yeah. deep pockets and they will build on spec. Uh, but there's a lot of builders that won't. I mean, you know, remember, remember back in the day, you'd walk into a Minto subdivision and there'd be like 50, 60 homes that are built waiting for people to buy. Well, those are, that doesn't happen anymore. You don't start building anymore until they're actually sold. And you know, if they want to do, if it's, let's say it's a townhome and they're going to do a whole phase of townhomes. There's a couple that aren't, aren't bought yet. They wait, they wait yeah. until those ones are bought to get the shovel in the ground. So they're delayed. And then by the time they get everything ready to go, the city delays them even more. So, I mean, we need uh, pr- some great news. I saw that uh, in Orleans, they're building uh, three major towers with commercial on the bottom. And yeah. I think it's like 1100 residential units, which is perfect. Um, so we need more things like that. We need a lot more high density homes and, and builders like that. So, well, thank God you ended on a high note with great news. We needed it. <laughs> hey, hey. Great not- news. Listen, if you've been a homeowner for the last five years, you're as much as the interest rates are not very good right now, you've built up way more equity than you ever imagined you would. Oh, so. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if you're upset about where your house is valued right now, if if we went through a normal Ottawa increase over the last five years, your house would never be where it is right yeah, now. So just close. not even close. So just be happy where your house is. Have we come down? Yes. Are we on our way up? Yes. So just be happy where you are. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. You know, uh, Steve Frank, I, I just wanted to apologize for the last half of that segment. You know, I was a little thrown off a little bit. It's not every day that you've been on the show for 16 years and your office manager, Angie White, who's been with you for 12 of those years, calls you right in the middle of your show. So. Well, like I said, I think she probably thought the same thing as you did this morning, that the show was still at 10 o'clock. That's why you showed up early and bought breakfast. But anyway, well, I like let's to move be, on. I like to be here early to prep, you know, <laughs> right. and get ready and get in my game and, you know, get my get my mojo going. And then, you know, obviously buy breakfast. Angie, I'm not surprised. I don't blame you for not listening. <laughs> <laughs> she's listening right now. I think it's her first show she's ever listened to. Uh, Rick is sure listening. Let's go to the phone and say hello to Rick in Ottawa. Hi, Rick. Hey, fellas. How are you? Great. Well, thanks. Steve, uh, that was a great segue into this next question. Uh, this question is for the real expert here, Frank. Uh-oh. By the way, it's uh, Rick LeMay. Hey, Rick. <laughs> yes. So, can, <laughs> Did so you just myself, say that? Oh, uh, Paul's, oh, Paul's not happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> so my real question, and it's actually a legitimate one. So uh, we bought a lot. We bought it cash. Yep. Um we are looking at putting a shovel in the ground in spring. Yep. So we have a lot paid for. We're obviously going to get a construction loan because I'm keeping my house until the very end. Yep. Uh, and- oh, Rick must be in a bad area because he just cut out. 
Apparently, you just got turned down for that loan. <laughs> Do we get a construction loan and use up the construction loan before we tap into the liquid cash we have, or do we use all our liquid cash and then tap into the loan? Well, I think, obviously, if you've got liquid cash, you're probably not getting a great return on that liquid cash, I would say. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, if you haven't gone through it before... Building a house, there's a lot of cash up front, payments up front. When you're ordering your kitchen, you're giving a huge deposit, yet you're not getting that kitchen for two, three, four months, but you've already put out a whole bunch of money. Same thing with some of the tradespeople, depending on who's building your house for you, some of them want some pretty hefty deposits. So, I mean, you want to keep some cash to the side. You always want to have cash as a backup, but you also want to set up. So the first thing that I would do is I would say to you, the first thing we want to do is keep your costs down as much as possible because building it, building the house itself, your budget will probably have, we always try to budget for 10% overrun because there's going to be extra cost. But the first step I would say is your liquid cash. And the second step, if you've got equity in your current home, I would, I would get, I would tap into that equity as much as possible, or at least set it up. So you got access to that equity because that's much cheaper than a construction mortgage is. So the construction mortgage is the most expensive of all the financing options. So you want to tap into the other ones before you get into that one. You can also borrow against the land. So depending on the land value and where it is, you know, you can get anywhere between 50 to 80% of the land value as well. And again, that's a cheaper way to borrow than the construction mortgage itself because the construction mortgage also comes with a 10% lien holdback. So every single draw with, uh, within that construction mortgage, they're going to hold back 10%. It sits at the lawyers. You actually pay interest on that money and it only gets released 45 days after you've completed the house. So, so it protects, lien, uh, you know, Anybody that's doing work on, on, on your house, if they don't get paid, they can put a lien on that, and that's they use that money to pay off those liens. What about a private mortgage? Private mortgages are very expensive. Again, I mean, we try, you know, the first step is always to, to understand someone's finances uh, what when they're going into building a house. I, I can tell you that I get calls from people that want to buy a lot with 5% down and then have no money to build and think they can do it, and it, it doesn't work. You just can't do it. You have to have money up front to build a home. A lender's not going to give you money for your permits. That's not the way it works. A lender's not going to give you money for some work that might happen a week or two from now. That's not the way it works. So, um, you know, in your case, having the lot paid, fantastic. If you've got equity in your current home, I think we want to tap into that equity as much as possible. So you've got that as a line of credit. What's really nice about having a line of credit is the fact that you only pay for the money as you use it. So you would start off with your liquid cash and, and then get to a point where you need that. Like, like for some people, they, they always want to have 20, 30,000 bucks available. So once you get to that level, then all of a sudden you can start tapping into the line of credit. And if we can get through with the line of credit as far as we can, then we can tap into the construction mortgage after that. So the, the okay. short answer is a line of credit. <laughs> no, a construction mortgage might be needed. You may not have enough within your liquid yeah. cash and line of credit. To be able to build a whole house, but at least if we can get the 50, 60, 70% of it with that, then we're minimizing the construction mortgage, which is the best way to go. And Rick, uh, when you do go to sell, uh, who, who would you be using to sell your house? <laughs> so if anyone doesn't know Rick, this is my good buddy Rick LeMay, also known as Mr. Shoe Beer at the Red Blacks games. Ah, yes. Yes. And Rick, did you uh, drink a beer out of shoe this time? Absolutely. We have to get the fans on the field that's doing that. Now, did you start doing that when they started losing their home games? Because yeah. if that's the case, stop doing it. Yeah, he's been doing yeah. it for years. Yeah. <laughs> I've been or, doing it 
or when they get a touchdown, because then you never drink from the shoe if, if, if you know if you were relying on them getting a touchdown. My first one was uh, 2007, so it's been a tradition for a long, long time. Oh, okay, yeah. so you're not the jinx then, are you? Yeah, right. clearly, clearly, you would never do it out of Paul shoe. Drink out of Paul shoe. I wouldn't. <laughs> Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Rick. See you, buddy. Well, uh, yeah, nice. Uh, have a good day, guys. Thanks, Rick. How much is a construction uh, mortgage? Again, percentage? every lender every lender is different. Um, some lenders, credit unions have become more adapt to construction mortgages because their costs are much are significantly less than the big banks. Honestly, the big banks don't want to do a construction mortgage. You know, the big banks don't have the expertise inside their branches to be able to handle a construction mortgage. So, uh, you know, the way they price it, the way they act towards it. It's almost like they're telling us, like, don't send it to us. We really don't want to do it. But credit unions have got an appetite for them because that's building their their client base. Uh, and what's really nice about some of the credit unions, they actually fund it internally where you don't even have to go to the lawyer to get the draws, which saves you a little bit of money because every time the money goes to the lawyer and then the lawyer gives it to you, yeah. it, it creates a cost for you. So uh, it's interesting. But, again, I mean, they have specific – tiers in place too and specific you know uh, goals that that you need to qualify with and sometimes they don't work and then there's you know if you're building your own home and you don't have a lot of cash up front to do it you still need to get enough cash to get to certain stages but but if you don't qualify under the credit union uh, guidelines then there's private mortgages they're the most expensive I mean most private mortgages run about 9.99 to 10.99 percent which is high, but not again, as high as it used to be compared no, to where we are now. Exactly, but it's you're only borrowing based on the money. You're only paying interest based on when you borrow the money. So you know if you were borrowing eight hundred thousand to build a house and you say it's ten percent, it's going to cost me eighty thousand. Well, no, it won't because you're not borrowing. You're not getting that eight hundred thousand up front. You're getting it in pieces. So you're only you know, the ten percent is an annual rate. So therefore it might only cost you thirty or forty thousand to borrow that money, depending on when you borrow and how quick you finish your home. You know what I would do? I would just go to Paul and have him find the exact type of house that I want to build. Perfect. Already built. Paul, go find it for me. Done. You know there are some builders nowadays that actually build it on their dime, eh? Like they'll what they'll do is like for example, someone in Rick's spot, um, they'll actually take o- take over the lot, build the house on their dime, and then you get a mortgage on closing. If you ever default on it, they take your house because they got their it's, it's their land now. But there's some builders that will do that. I know I know the builders that I used to work with and I still work with will do that for you. So even today, with rates even, being what they are, even today, yeah, with, yeah. that's the key though, even right? Today. Is is so so I had a builder call me and say, Frank, like uh, I want to do construction mortgages for clients that are buying my lots. I'm going to build a house for them, but the client needs to get the mortgage. And I said to them, I said, but if you own the lot. I can't do a construction mortgage for the client because they don't own the property. It has you have to transfer the property to the client too. He goes, but what if something goes wrong? I said, but that's the risk you're taking. You can't you can't expect me or a lender to give money to a client to build a house that's not in their name yeah, when until it's completed. Again, yeah. Like that's not the way it works. So uh, again, this is a smaller builder who's trying to get a name for himself and trying to get going, but. Yeah, and he doesn't have the financial resources to build a house on his own. So I said, you have to sell the land, maybe do a VTB on the land so that, you know, you're protected that way. But the client needs money. Like, the, you know, if, if you're going to get a client that's going to come in and say, all I have is $10,000 or $20,000 deposit, then you got to front the whole thing. That's the only way it's going to work because there's no way that anybody's going to give the client money to build a house 
with only twenty thousand bucks of uh, you know in it in it for them. So that's why it's, that's why the sale of lots right now are a bit of a struggle, right? Because you yeah. can, I mean, you, you can buy a lot, but then what do you do with it, right? How, how's the building and land process? isn't cheap. Either. Land isn't cheap, but how's the how's the building process? You know what what am I going to get a construction loan? How am I going to get it done? So it's it's not it's hard to build a home. You need to work with someone who's really experienced at that for sure. Yeah, I did it once, and uh, it's stressful. It was it was a pretty stressful yeah. circumstance, and the ten percent you're talking about factor in. I I would say factor in more than that oh. because oh yeah, you, it's always going to be more. You're yeah. Going, yeah, especially today with yeah. costs going up and down of everything, and labor going up and down, and then relying on labor. Well, and then the changes you want to make as you see things unfold in front of you. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know what? This yeah. needs to be a bit bigger. And my yeah. buddy, and my buddy Rick, who just called in, he thinks it's going to be ten percent over. But you know, I know his girlfriend; it's going to be twenty percent over. <laughs> Chris is Chris is going to change everything on him. <laughs> five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Well, we crossed the 40 million mark yesterday. Wow, what a milestone, eh? 40 million people in Canada. 13 years to go from 30 million to 40 million. It's incredible. Yeah, 97, we were at 30 million. No, uh, 2010, we were at 30 million. We got to 97. No, I thought it was less. 67, we we were at 20 million. 97, we were at 30 million. So now that foreign buyers can't buy here, we basically have 40 million people we could possibly Assuming sell. Assuming even the babies Assuming can buy. See, even the babies can, can buy. buy. Yeah. No, we're, you know what I mean? We still have a supply issue here. I mean, let's yeah. call a spade a spade. The only reason it hasn't come to the forefront anymore is because the interest rates have gone up the way they are and less Canadians can afford to buy a house because Canadians want to buy homes. They want to be in home ownership. They just can't. Yeah, but if people aren't buying homes of, and they're staying in rentals, then we're going to have a rental shortage. It, it, well, it, once you get yes. in that, once you once you get in that rental trap too, it's really hard to get out, especially with the way rentals are going. I mean, a townhouse in suburbia is you know a, a decent size one is twenty five, twenty six hundred, sometimes even more per month. Plus, you got all your utilities on top of that. We're actually starting to see homes actually hit the market now. Uh, now. I don't know if it's a combination. We've seen a spike since that rate announcement went up. We're almost at 3,500 listings on the market right now where we've been around 30, 30. Yeah, that's the highest we've been in a while. That's the highest we've been in a while. So, I mean, it's it's good to see some of that inventory pick up, but we did notice that the number of sales actually dropped a little bit last week, slightly dropped. So I don't know if it's a, it's people aren't buying these yet or if they're just more hits, homes are hitting the market. Everyone thinks a spring market starts in, you know, April, May. Usually our spring market starts in January and February. This market was a little bit delayed. So I think people are a little bit delayed getting their home on the market. So you might see more sales and more listings in June, July, and August this year. Usually here in Ottawa, it's, well, I'm sure anywhere where there's snow, it's the winter months are usually hit or miss, right? If, if we, especially going through COVID when we were cooped up for so long, People wanted to vacation in the summertime, so the market was kind of really slow at that time because most people were away on vacation or at cottage country or camping or something like that. Now that we've had a taste of getting out of those lockdowns and that, it's hard to tell what this summer is going to be like. Is it going to be robust? Is the activity going to be good? Is it going to be slow? Are people still in that vacation mode? You know, it's a double whammy. We have the we had COVID that we couldn't go anywhere and go outside and vacation and all that, but um, 
the other thing we have is our climate. Our climate's terrible, right? So it's hard to say. I mean, I even even with my realtors, I mean, there's some some weeks in the summer that I'm like, is there anybody around working for clients because everyone's on vacation? Uh, but how do you tell someone who's been cooped up in snow for so long that we can't go on vacation? <laughs> do you think that people are savvy enough now that they are going to wait until the July announcement before they decide if they're going to buy this summer? Well, they could, but here's another thing. If you are going to buy and you think it's going to go up a quarter point, which Frank thinks so, a lot of mortgage brokers think it's going to go up, would you not want to get something before the rate went up? You know, another But then I would point? ask you the other question. If it's going to go up, then there will be fewer buyers, that, which might bring the price down. Maybe it is worthwhile yeah. waiting. And, and, and you, you, it's the unknown. It's the unknown, but absolutely. Absolutely. You don't know what's going to happen, and we don't know. Our price is going to come down a little bit. We've seen since January... Our average sale price in auto in January was six hundred and twelve thousand. We're now, you know, at the end of May, we we're up to six hundred and fifty-five. So we're starting, yes, six hundred and fifty-five. So we're starting to see that increase from January on. Now, keep in mind, from the end of the year at six hundred ninety-one to the end of January at six hundred twelve, we had a pretty decent drop. Mm-hmm. We're now making our rebound, and there are some economists who think that we're going to be up two percent, four percent. But keep in mind that's two percent and four percent off six ninety one. We're only at six fifty five right now. So if that if that holds true, if that comes true, we have a lot of ground to make up. Which means we're going to have some, I think, a pretty busy summer months. Um, our our May personally as a company, we were one of our better months, which is awesome. Uh, especially after seeing Jan, Feb, March, and April being so sluggish. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we might see, we, we are seeing a delayed spring, and we might see a strong summer, regardless of the rate announcement. Is my opinion. What's happening with days on market now? Uh, days on market are, are, are coming back down. I don't even have that stat in front of me. Well, I do have it in that pile, but yeah, days on market are starting to come down, which is good. So we're, we're, we're creeping down days on market. Um, over the last week, I think we lost a little bit of optimism, optimism in the market. So I, I'll, interesting to see where we're going to be, let's say two Saturdays from now on the radio, uh, you know, whether people are going to be back buying, whether people are going to be still sitting on the sidelines, what people are going to be doing. Um, but truthfully, I mean, I, I think most economists were wrong when they said that, you know, second quarter, maybe third quarter, we're going to start seeing the rates coming back down to normal, mm-hmm. which, which we didn't see. Uh, so now what is it? Is it? Q1 2024 is a Q2 2024 that we're going to start seeing those rate decreases. But and do you believe them anyway? And do you well, believe that's them? Yeah, thing, right. So, so I had a client write me and say, Frank, should I stay in the variable? You know, my bank is offering me this for a fixed. And I said, I, I don't know. I mean, we've pretty well peaked. You may want to write out the variable for now, but it's up to you, your financial position. And then he sends me this article from this economist who says that there might be another one. I said, but this is the same economist who five months ago said we're pausing. And we're not going up anymore. So, again, be careful what you read. And 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 it's it's an ever changing world we live in, where the bond markets have spiked since the Bank of Canada announcement, and they're really knocking up. Now they slowed down this week finally, but uh, we're not going to know until probably over the next two weeks. We're going to have a better idea of what Bank of Canada is going to do. But the Feds. So I tell you, the the Economist in the U.S. So I saw three or four of them this week that posted. The Fed's uh, paused. There's still one or two more hikes in 2023. And then they believe that prime rate will come down by 1% in 2024 throughout the year, most of it in the second half of 2024, and by 1.5% in 2025 because they think that they will be in a full-blown recession by by middle of next year. So are you getting a two- to three-year mortgage then? Well, the problem with the two-, three-year mortgage, and that's the conversation that I have with clients all the time, is 
common sense would dictate, yeah, let's get a one or two year mortgage, except for the one and the two year bond markets are inverted where the one and the two-year are the most expensive mortgages that are out there, you're almost better off to be in a variable than you are in a one- or two-year mortgage because at least the variable allows you to convert it to a fixed any time, where the one- or two-year, you got to ride the whole thing out. Yeah. So it's tough. Yeah, no kidding. It's, it, it's but most tough. Canadians are going for a shorter term. They're not going the five years right now. No, that's not true because, again, you're being tempted by a five-year at 499 versus a one- or two-year at six-and-a-quarter, six-and-a-half. So your, your, your initial... Thinking is I'm saving way too much money by taking a five-year now. They're not thinking about two or three or four years down the road. They're thinking about today because they may be struggling to make ends meet, and they're trying to keep that payment as low as possible. Most buyers that we're working with right now, when we ask, have you been pre-approved? And almost, I'd say 90% of the people we're talking to have been pre-approved, and they've been they've been told to take the five-year fixed. You know why? Because they don't qualify. if it's high. So if, uh... if you're getting a one-year at six and a quarter – you got to qualify at eight and a quarter. Yeah. If you're getting a five year at four nine nine, you got to qualify at six nine nine. Potentially, you qualify at the six nine nine, but not the eight and a quarter. So you're forced to take the five year. So it's uh, again, it's not it's not pleasant, uh, but nonetheless, I think we'll get through this phase. Uh, we just got to be patient, and you know, I, I'd love to share your optimism where I think the market's going to heat up, but I don't. I, I I believe we're in for another three, four, five, six months of just shaky market, and then once interest rates start to retract, that's when we'll see everybody get off the fence. You guys are no good at all. You're worse than economists. Yeah, I don't but, know what to- yeah, <laughs> no, no, but, but the truth is we're not economists. We're just looking at what's happening in our world, yeah. and we're predicting. Economists get paid. That's all they do is, is, is read that stuff, and they're wrong. We're realists, and we're just yeah. telling what we think is going to happen. But honestly, because of what's going on with COVID, you can ask me what's going to happen. My answer is, I don't know. It's you know, it's, world, it's a whole it? new world. We don't Remember know. Remember, we thought it was going to be a V. It didn't end up being V. It ended up being a check mark. It was like, a, like it went I, I believe, way out. Of I line. believe I said it was going to be a V, but, but it whatever. wasn't a V. But it wasn't yes. a V because we didn't get back to where we were. You guys argue the rest of the week. Yes, we went yes. way higher. So. Birthdays, Frank. birthdays, right? Yeah, I got a couple. Uh, um, uh, Tammy Gravelin or Graveline, who joined us from Scotiabank uh, just uh, a few weeks ago, celebrating her birthday. Uh, my Favorite father-in-law, Carm, Carmelo, celebrating his birthday on first day of summer. Are you going to take him to St. Hubert? No, (laughs) not McDonald's. (laughs) Uh, Shannon Parker, great family friend, celebrating her birthday. Uh, And um, I'm I'm blessed to be going to one of our family friends, uh, um, uh, Joe Ranieri and and Maria. Their son, Marco, is getting married today. So I'll be back in the Byward Market in a couple of hours for their wedding. And uh, congratulations to Marco and Rhea. And, of course... To everybody in the room here and to everybody listening, happy Father's Day tomorrow. Happy Father's Day. Uh, I have one uh, longtime loyal listener, Connor, who calls in all the time, oh, yeah. but still doesn't use me as his real estate agent. Hard to believe. Yes. I, I wouldn't even mention his name. Yeah, yeah. well, he's, this is this is what he turns 33 on Wednesday, but this is what he wrote to me yesterday. It's my birthday on Wednesday. I'll be 33. I expect an announcement or I'll stop listening to your show. I responded and I said, who do you think loses if you stop listening to my show? You or me? <laughs> and yet, uh, Connor, and yet he birthday, wishes him a happy birthday. Yeah, happy, so yeah, happy, I guess we got the answer to that yeah. question. <laughs> Have a good uh, week, gentlemen. And support local businesses and charities. Happy Father's Day.